You have tuned into the Hot Takes Podcast with Lawrence Henderson, aka Boss, and special guest. Be ready to be inspired, encouraged, and ready to take action. with Business Operational Support Services, LLC, aka Boss. And today I have the privilege of having a brother in arms, Bo. And Bo, tell people who you are. Hey, thanks, Lawrence. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to come and talk to you and, and all of your listeners uh, and so forth. Uh, as Lawrence said, my name is Bo. That's what I go by. It's what my parents nicknamed my parents gave me <laughs> since I was a little, little, little one. Um, Robert is my is my first name, uh, so I always put out there. My my editor for my for my books always said, "Hey, once your first book goes out there and this is the name you put on that book, you got to go with it, right? Yeah. That's otherwise you'll you'll never be found. People won't know how to find you. So on everything, it's Robert Bo Bravo, and the bows in quotes. Um, seems kind of odd, but I guess you know Google search is about the only way it works is for you to stay consistent with how you." <laughs> how you, what you call yourself. Exactly. Um, yeah. So retired army, uh, 2013. Uh, then I went out into the, the big bad world of corporate America, mm-hmm. uh, started a business uh, on my, on my own with, with a business partner, uh, for a few years and then got into healthcare. And now I, I founded a company called hail media group, uh, wherein, uh, we do, we, I too have a flagship podcast, uh, called the bone Luke show. And uh, recently had a book released uh, that goes over a whole bunch of leadership values that I, that I um, espouse to, uh, time on the battlefield in Iraq, uh, eight years at the White House under President, Presidents Bush and Obama, uh, and then you know, different experiences that I've had since I retired uh, out in corporate America and how I believe, how I believe that a strong values-based leadership approach or strong values in a company and everybody espousing to a set of values and behaving accordingly can really build a great culture. Uh, and I use a lot of, of course, my military background in the army um, yeah. to do that and to talk about that and how to translate, how to translate that uh, in an organization that has been around for a couple hundred years plus and, and, and how corporate America can, can do the same. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. You did some awesome work, man. And and I think I think the uh, the listeners and, and anybody who knows me, um, I always find myself in a values and culture conversation, particularly yeah. around organizational leadership, organizational development. Uh, and there's there's something you say around having courage to go after it. Yeah. It's, and so when when you say stuff like that. What, what's the it that, that you're referring to? Oh, I think the it, and, and it could be individual specific, but I mm-hmm. think the it, it's uh, you know, going after what you, what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And when I say you could be you as an individual, it could be your team, your mm-hmm. company, your organization. The it is, you know, it, it's what you want to go after. It's the thing that you're yeah. chasing. Uh, it could be an, an achievement. It could mm-hmm. be greater... Uh, greater numbers of, you know, enrollees for your college or university. It could be 
profits, profitability, um, just a better process for doing business. You know, it's the, it's having the courage to step out there because, um, yeah, people can just get stagnant and stuck. Uh, and sometimes stepping out there can be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and so when you start talking about, uh, the values work that you, uh, begin to help organizations wrap their minds around. Yeah. Um, why that work? Um, it all stems from uh, a formula. I'm like, how, how am I going to really express myself and, what I've, and, and help others, help companies, organizations, dive into what, values-based, what a values-based leadership is to me, and then how do you do that in your company, your organization? Mm-hmm. And I, I really... I really spent some time like, how can I put this, how can I put this in a formula Mm -hmm. for people to understand versus just talking about it, Mm -hmm. right? If you've ever sat in in an economics class, uh, you know, there's a formula for, for about everything. So, and sometimes that helps, helps, helps you figure out like, what is the, what are we talking about? What's the theory here? So Mm -hmm. if you can put it in a formula. So I broke it down and I stayed away from, uh, I first looked at the word culture because culture is a big topic. It's a huge topic all over the place all the time. So what is culture? And when I, when I like, when I went to the, I literally Lawrence went to the dictionary. I said, Hmm. how does the dictionary define this word? Right. And regardless of which version of the definition you use, uh, it, it talks about culture being an outcome. It's a result of, well, a result of what? Right. So in the workplace, I'm like, well, I'm, let me further define that then. So if you take the way people behave, employees, everybody, mm-hmm. top to bottom, and over, you, you put that over a, a, a time frame, 30 days, 90 days a year, and then you multiply how they behave or one person's behaving by everybody in the company, you, you have this, if you were actually documenting it, whether you're writing it down or you had a video camera, mm-hmm. you, you would see how people are behaving over time. And in reality, that's your culture. Mm-hmm. Culture's the culture's the sum of all of that. Yeah. 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 So when I'm talking to people and they say, man, my culture is broken. Well, if the, if the culture's broken, how do you fix that? We need to look at how's everybody behaving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I defi- yeah. Mm. I, def- I defined, I defined. So within that, your values, I defined your values um, as the behaviors over time. So I heard it once said that if you put, if I was to follow you around for a week and you didn't know it and I was videotaping you, I, I would find out from in, in just a week what your values are, what you stand for, how you behave. Like that's, that's who you are. That's who Lawrence is. Yeah. And now add Lawrence no, and Sue and, and Jim and Annie and you put all of them together. That's exactly. their collective values. And then does a company have those values is that are people aspiring to yeah maybe what the leadership says their values are or aren't they yeah and that's kind of where i start man that that's a deep place to start man because i yeah. think the older the organization i think the more trouble and you alluded to it a little bit is is how do i get someone who's steeped and they have sacred cows the folklore yeah. and tribal wisdom is ruling the day and you talk about and i always say in my trainings you can address behavior you can't really go after feelings or emotion because 
you need to find out why people are tied to something emotionally and have a strong feeling about something. Where did it come from? Because to them, what, what's the value? Put a name on why it's a thing for them. And, yeah. and I think once you start going in and you begin to do that work of really calling out what's important or the actual culture that exists, I think, and, and you tell me your experience with senior leaders uh, in mm-hmm. particular, how often are they ready to do that work? Yeah, it's not, it's not often. It's super, it's probably the most, in my professional opinion, my personal opinion, it's probably the most important work because there are, and I did this research for, for my book and there are studies and studies and studies that show organizations and those senior leaders who've committed to that and actually do it, um, their results, profits, sales, revenue growth, are, are, are way ahead of their competitors in their same industry. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just undeniable. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it, but it's, it's not the easiest sales pitch to give to say, this is what we have to attack. Yeah. Right. If, if, if your revenues are down, if your sales are down or, you know, your, your culture isn't what you think it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's looking at, it's really diving into why people are behaving the way they're behaving yeah, and then set a course for changing behaviors. Yeah. And, and I always, you know, one of the things I've, I've constantly recognized in, even from, you know, our time in the military um, and again, you can train people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times organizations, they had good intentions with yeah. the types of cultures they wanted to have. They wanted people to be comfortable. They wanted to feel like a family environment. And I always remind people, it could be a family environment, but families understand that when you come to my house, you're not putting your feet on things. Yeah, I said, you can actually train people how to treat and be an actual valued family member. I said, you can have that as an expectation. And yeah. I said, and oh, by the way, you give them this motivating factor called a paycheck. I said that increases the likelihood that they'll listen if you have or give them something to listen to. And then Mm -hmm. you build in the consistency and the discipline that you won't let things slide. And I think what's happened is people have gotten lax and in organizations and they're a product of their own success. And they're like, I wasn't that bad that they did it that way. Well, Mm -hmm. every time you do that, you chip away at what you say you believe in. And right. then once it, once you get so far down that road, it's so far gone that you don't remember what you looked like. And, and mm-hmm. so when, when you have that organization who they're on the cusp of, of leaning towards getting into this work, what are, what are some of the, what does it look like to have that conversation, that restoring conversation that this is good work to do? Wow. So that's a big question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's breaking it down in very much the format that you just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you got it, you know, when you're dealing with uh, executives, you got to show them the, you got to show them the ROI that they're going to get out of taking such a, such an endeavor. You got to show them highlight this, the stats and show them, you know, where you're coming from uh, and so forth. And I think it goes, uh, it goes beyond, um, I take it, it's showing them, let me see, make sure I say this right. It, it's showing them the holistic picture of their organization 
and where they stand. And if, if you want to train and model behaviors the way so that they align with a set of core values that you the, as the leadership believe in, or especially if it's a family business, this is, this is, uh, this is who we are and it's what we do. Um, I approach it and I think this, this helps. Uh, so they see that there's some reality in what we're doing. So I even break that further down into everything that, everything that you espouse to be and the values that you, that you want to have inside your organization. Um, there's, there's a slew of action words that go with your values, your performance within the job that each and every one of your employees is doing, right? It's those action words that need to be tied to your values, what you want your values to be, that then you are communicating to all levels of leadership, to supervisors. So when you're talking to an employee about this is how we behave, this is, you're, you're actually giving them real uh, actionable things that you're looking for in them. It's not just, I want you to do your work. It's, these are the behaviors I need to see from you that will actually help you do your work and then actually help you be successful in this company. Um, performance management, hiring, recruiting, you know, making sure that uh, your tail, I'll give you, an, here's a good example. And I, I, love, I love it when I get um, solicited for, uh, in any job I've had where I've been the head of HR, I get solicited all the time. But when someone says they come out with, here are the, here are the magic interview questions for any job. And I kind of chuckle and, and I get it. They're trying to sell, you know, sell a book or it's their lead in or something like that. Yep. Um, but every company's different and every company has a different set of values. Mm -hmm. So you really need to tailor at least some of them, ask questions that, that would pull out from someone and answer yeah. uh, that would relate or not relate to the values in your company. So when you're trying to decide, hey, are they going to be a good cultural fit? What does that mean? You know, yeah. you, you have to find the questions that you'd ask somebody for an example of X, Y, or Z yeah. that would, that would, if they do fit, that would provide you an answer. Um, and you'd be easily identify. Yep. That's exactly what we stand for yeah. without telling them what you stand for. For sure. For sure. Right. Yeah. What, um, so, so that's, that's all. That sounds great. It sounds great. <laughs> sounds, sounds really good. But one thing that I've encountered are those organizations that, yep, we know exactly who we are and it's aspirational. Yeah. And you just talked about action. How do we make our verbs and turn them into things that we can see as behaviors, things that are repeatable, things that we can train folks on, but you got that senior leader that is stalling you out by saying, ah, you're going too fast. Yeah. Uh, what conversations are you having with those leaders? Some wall-to-wall -wall yeah. counseling? What are you doing with them? Yeah, they need wall-to-wall -wall <laughs> counseling, right? <laughs> That's a great term. Uh, you know, it's, it's the leader who's not necessarily ready to, to buy into what you're selling, you yeah. know, your pitch or your, theory, or your philosophy or theory that yeah. you're bringing to them. Uh, just like in a just like in a job interview, you know, where you're selling yourself uh, and, and you're trying to bring all of, I think the more examples, real examples, mm -hmm. not, not theoretical examples, but real examples uh, that you bring to the table with a senior leader, especially 
if you're at the, depending on who you're at the table with, if it is a senior executive, then you got to speak from that level yep. and how this, how this can truly impact their, uh, their organization or even their legacy as a leader in the organization Yeah, and what they did to help further that company along uh, compared to a predecessor or, or whatever yeah. right? opportunity for them to leave a legacy. And here's, here's how you do it. Here's why you do it. Uh, here's the return on the investment you're going to get or you can get. Uh, and the more, the more real, I, I, I'm a believer in real, real example. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think I, that's where they find, uh, they find the credibility in there you either go. you as yeah to do it and deliver. Yeah. 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 That's, I think, I think the credibility part of it is, is what a lot of leaders are looking for. Um, mm -hmm. And and I would say to those leaders, having the courage to actually have the conversation in the first place. And, and I think most senior leaders, you invite people like us into the room we know you, you only invite us because you want some work done. And so that's not the time to be hedging and say you have it all together. And, and yeah. so for us, the value in action when having a conversation with people like us is displaying that courage and, and not only that courage, but that the vulnerability of collaboration. Yeah, that's and, well said. And, and what that means is that you're helping us understand because you invited us here that you don't have all the answers. If you did, you would have did it. Right. And so for us, we understand, and we're coming in with an empathetic ear because right. we have something that you believe you need. And so I think just that exchange in, in that, and I, and I love what you said about communicating the return on investment, and the ROI at their level, right. And communicating at their level, because I think there's a level of ownership and accountability that is not garnered from that first needs analysis, that needs assessment meeting from them, not them passing it off and Heisman trophying it to somebody else, but right. there's a level of accountability and ownership that they, they have to have buy-in because we're only going to be as successful as their level of engagement. Right. I agree with that completely. And, and, Absolutely and so true. And for, for me, how do you, that CHRO is listening that, mm -hmm. GM of that division is listening. How do they begin to have this conversation with their peers that they need to bring on somebody like Bo? Yeah. So the, the conversation, number one, everybody inside, if you're, if you're an organization and you're big enough to have a general manager, a CHRO, you have COO, CEO, like you're a, a medium to large business and you have all these roles, uh, you are an incredibly, uh, you know, I hate the word busy, but you're a busy individual. Mm -hmm. You already have a lot on your plate, uh, just running, running the company, if you will, the day-to-day, mm -hmm. -day, getting through the day-to-day -day operations uh, tasks. Uh, and, and when you see things go or going off kilter and you need to adjust and your culture is not exactly what it should be or what you want it to be, it could be better. Uh, it's, it's paramount to reach out to someone with the expertise who, who you could bring in and tackle that project, right? If you think about it in a project-based type of, type of atmosphere where you're coming in to help them solve a problem, solve a challenge, find solutions that work for their company. And I think 
I think that's key. I think it's taking, you know, if you're a CHRO and you're inside an organization, you have, you have your experience in that organization and who knows how long you've been there, you know, um, but then you bring in an outsider to help you and find those solutions. You're getting a fresh set of eyes, unbiased eyes. I'm not biased toward the company, against the company, for the company, right? They're a client who you want to see be successful, period. Uh, you're, not in anybody's, uh, you're not in anybody's corner. You're not in that camp or this camp, right? You haven't created the, uh, you're not part of any particular clique. You're, you're truly coming in with fresh eyes to look at something, help find, help find the areas where they're vulnerable or the company's vulnerable and, and how to find the right solutions, present solutions, what makes the most sense. How do you do it over a period of time? Do they implement all at once? You know, do a phased approach to a change that a change initiative, whatever the case might be, um, where they might be vulnerable in other areas. Uh, I think that's what you, I think that's what you get. And I, the companies that, that I think are the most successful are the ones with those, those leaders who are humble enough to know that number one, that they could use the help and that it could benefit them tenfold compared to what might cost them to bring you in. Uh, and, and then if they actually execute, uh, there's, there's huge benefit for them and their company. It's the, um, it's the concept of, you know, exploit someone's, someone's assets. So if you're bringing in a consultant or a trainer or a coach or whatever, exploiting them for all of their strengths to help, help you where you need to go so that you can focus on your strengths. Uh, cause, cause everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, right? And sometimes internal, it's, it's fascinating because I've experienced it internal and external when you're internal inside an organization. And even if you're the, even if you're one of the executives, right, you're, you're viewed from the, in a certain way. Yeah. You just are. But then you bring, if you were not the internal person, but you're the same person, now you come in from the outside and you're external, you're viewed in a different way. Mm -hmm. You're the same person with the same toolkit, the same, the same brains and strengths that you were, if you were sitting there, you know, at the table yeah. uh, as one of the internal executives. Um, so sometimes it's just a matter of how you're viewed and hey, let's bring in a consultant to help us through this. Exactly. Yeah. And, and again, it's, we understand that world of being a force multiplier. Yeah, and, that's what it is. Right? And allowing people, the people to do necessary work and then where you can hand it off to other subject matter experts to do yeah. some focused, uh, continuous improvement work. And, and that's really what this is all about. And so it is. I, I appreciate you hanging out with me today, Bo. In, in a, oh, you're most welcome. Having this conversation uh, around work that I believe for, for a lot of us, not just veterans, um, in this coaching, leadership, and training space, it's, it's a sustainability project, right? That's really what it's about. It's not just an event. It's not just a one-off. This is something you're signing up for a sustainability of your culture, of your organization, to be a legacy for years to come. And it's all starts with leading and launching from a good solid foundation and making sure you have some solid values in place. Because again, it's all about, can I repeat the process? And yeah. if it's a moving target, no, you can't, that's not sustainable. 
and and so for for values based leadership development and organizational culture development you need to make sure that you're equipping your organization with the right resources from a development standpoint a training and education standpoint and then some type of sustainability strategy to make sure they're getting the resources they need to continue this work. And so, absolutely right. Bo, how can people locate you, find you, and get more of your content? Yeah, so you have a couple places. Uh, RobertBrabo.com. Uh, that's my primary, that's my webpage. Uh, TheBoAndLukeShow.com for our podcast. We put a lot of information out there. You can, from there, you can, you can get in touch with us, uh, me specifically. Uh, Bo at RobertBrabo.com. Uh, and that's, uh, Bravo's B-R-A-B-O. It's a Bravo at the end. It often gets confused with Bravo, uh, but that's a B at the end, uh, by all means. And on LinkedIn, that's a big platform for connections. So Robert Bravo, uh, on LinkedIn, you'll find me, uh, not too many Bravos out there. So yeah. in the United States, anyways, on LinkedIn, you'll find me no problem. That's good Thanks, stuff. Thanks, Lawrence, for asking. Well, yeah. Oh, no. My pleasure, man. And so thank you again for sharing. And my friend, come on anytime. Let me know and we can do the verbal yeah. banter as much as you want. Well, we absolutely. We need to do the same. We need to get you on our on our Definitely. podcast uh, to talk the same leadership yeah. and so forth. It would be an honor for us. And the more people we can reach and connect to, the more we can help. It would be an honor. I appreciate cool. you both. And I'll be talking to you soon. All right. Sounds All good. Right. Thanks, Lawrence. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And remember, actions over ideas always win. Be on the lookout for more episodes coming soon.